3: This week in our business builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about how you can quickly build and create free gifts and opt-in products that are compelling and draw your ideal clients to you. That's a bit later, but first up it's our success interview. Today we're talking with entrepreneur Diane Kephart. As an independent associate with Legal Shield, Diane is helping create a world where everyone has access to legal protection at an affordable price. I know Diane has a lot to share with us, and I'm excited about our conversation today. Welcome, Diane. Thank you so much for having me, Janelle. You know, I love to start our conversations with our guests, asking them to tell us a little bit about their business. How did you start your business, and how has it evolved over time?
4: Well, I was working full-time at a non-profit serving veterans because I'm a veteran, and that's really where a lot of my heart is. Um, I was also a single mom because my husband passed from cancer at a young age five years ago, and so I had two kids in college and a daughter in high school, and I was just working on you know, keeping the bills paid and keeping them in school. And I loved what I was doing, but I was working 60 to 70 hours a week, and the real turning point was when my son, who played for a college baseball team up in Oregon, had his final college baseball game, and I could not get off work to attend. Mm. And so another mom accepted that yellow rose in my place, and he had no parents or family there for him. And that just made me realize I was doing good work, but I was missing the great work of being a mom. Mm-hmm. So I had become a Legal Shield member when I was working with some issues and questions following my late husband's passing. And I had called an attorney in town and told him that I had a lot of questions, I needed some documents reviewed, I needed some letters written, you know, could they help me? And they said, sure, we'll start at $2,500, bring your checkbook. But as a new single mom with two kids in college, that was just way out of the budget. So I just mm-hmm. put the file away, said, I'll deal with it later. And a friend shared Legal Shield with me the next week. I became a member and was so grateful that the law firm did that $2,500 worth of work for me for less than 20 a month in my first 30 days as a member. So I knew the service worked. I knew how it had helped me, and I knew it would help a lot of people. So I became an associate and started very part-time because I was working full-time, and I would meet people before work, over lunch, and occasionally after work, And the blessing was within seven months, I was able to buy my calendar back. I became a volunteer at the nonprofit instead of an employee. And for more than three years, you know, I have basically controlled my own calendar and not had to answer to anyone else for my schedule. And that's been a huge blessing. And it's what I also, you know, like to help other single moms and people that want control of their calendar and to be able to spend more time with their kids to be able to do. The way it's Mm -hmm. evolved over time, Um, we also do a segment of the business where we go in and work for a voluntary employee benefit in legal and identity theft for companies, and I was working with another associate on a couple of those um, programs. And after we were done, he sent me a text and said, I'd like to take this to a personal level. Would you allow me to court you? And the long story very short is that we got married two years ago, so now we're in the business together as a husband and wife team, and it has just grown. I mean, I have more than 550 personal clients, you know, from when I was building it alone, but now we've been able to work together to grow it exponentially.
3: Wow. You, never, you just never know where something is going to take you because you never that you could never have planned.
4: <laughs> no, and I believe we go through things so we can help other people who go through mm-hmm. similar situations. And had I not lost my husband, I would not have been looking for the legal advice and found this great company. But I've also been able to help a lot of other people who have lost a spouse at a young age because I'm a little bit ahead of them in their journey. hmm so what would you say to someone who, um,
3: because there are a number of people out there, entrepreneurs that are in that transitional phase, they want to run their business full time, but they can't yet give up the income and the benefits and the different things they have. What advice would you give to them? Because it's challenging to go from, you know, being an employee to being an entrepreneur. You know, there's different things you need to learn, there's different things you need to do, you know, you're trying to juggle, you know, different responsibilities. So what advice or what would you tell them they should focus on to really make that
4: successful? Because it sounds like you did a great job of that. Well, thank you and absolutely. I would say two things. One is know what time you can dedicate to your business outside of your employment and be fully present, and committed to income-producing activity during those hours. So, for example, if you know you can only give 10 hours a week to your business, <clears throat> then excuse me, be fully present in those 10 hours a week in your business. That's not the time to organize files, to clean off your desk. That's the time to do everything that produces income and helps you grow your business, because being very focused in that period of time is going to help you to grow it to the point where you are going to have the choice. And you can, as I did, make the employment either a volunteer opportunity or cut back in hours to where you're able to give more to your business.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you're talking about focusing on income-producing activities... That's the thing that um, Sandra Yancey always talks about is focusing on doing the things that make the cash register ring do the things that only you can do and that really generate the revenue. so it you know sounds like it's it is really not a lot different because there are a number of, of entrepreneurs that do everything except follow up and you know, really extend an invitation and and have a sales conversation because they don't like doing it and then they complain about not having the results.
4: So it's really, it sounds very similar. It does. And there's a book that I read, if I could just recommend it, it's called The 12-Week Year by Moran, M-O-R-A-N. And that one book, I would say, probably had the biggest impact on my business in the last year. But the whole point of it is compressing your success and making sure that you're using your time most appropriately. And I love how Sandra Yancey says, I don't manage my time. I manage my boundaries, Mm -hmm. especially when you're working full time and then you're trying to do something part time for income producing. You've got to manage your boundaries and really say, is this going to move my business forward? Is this going to get me closer to my goals? And that is the So that you run everything through because there's a lot of great things out there. There's a lot of good things out there, but you have to make sure that what you're selecting to do with your time is the best.
3: I absolutely agree, and just coming back from the UNM Network International Conference in Dallas, which this is my seventh year it was and I think it was the best so far. I really heard that i mean i 've been hearing you know managing your boundaries, but every time I hear her talk, I always take away different things, so I came home and am trying something different with my my schedule, and i 've actually compressed the amount of time you know, that I'm available for calls and follow-ups so I can give myself some blocks of time to actually get things done rather than trying to fit them into the 15- or 30-minute blocks that, that I have open based on what other people need. And you know what? Not one person has complained that I don't have the availability that they need. So it was That's all in crazy. my own head that I thought I had to do it and just making that shift has made me so much more productive.
4: It does. And that's actually what they speak about in the 12-week year is you have your productivity blocks that you block out, that you do no emails, no phone calls, you know, from outside except what you're doing, revenue-producing activity. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have a box where you do the emails and you check the social media and everything like that. And it just, like you said, it helps you to be more productive with your time.
3: It does. Um, And, you know, the other thing I did is I turned off all my little, you know, bells and buzzers for, you know, things coming in on my phone. Um, And, you know, I've given myself permission to, you know, I just actually my husband just just showed me not too long ago where I can when a call comes through, I can push up the thing and say, I'll call you back. I don't have to take the call right this minute. (laughs) You know, there's some that I absolutely do stop and take. You know, and I when I have the opportunity, I, I do take the calls, but I don't have to take every single one, and it's okay to finish what I'm doing and call someone back. Things aren't going to totally fall apart and Part of that was what I thought I had to do versus what really is the best thing and most effective thing to do.
4: Right, I completely agree
3: so what would you? say was for you the hardest thing in making this transition and I mean you went through a lot of of loss and a lot of um, change in your life which you know nothing can can help make that easier but once you made the decision to do something different how did you put together a plan so that you were really on you know you knew what you were going to be doing you knew what goals you needed to make so that you could actually make the transition
4: That's a great question, and when you talk about a lot of transition, within a six-month period, I basically lost a spouse, had a daughter graduate high school, a daughter start college, a son graduate college, moved. I mean, as you said, it was a huge period of transition, and I had told the kids that we can either hide under covers and never come out again, or we can go out and make a difference, which is what I'm done for. And I'm Mm -hmm. very grateful that our family motto of finish strong is what they all have done and what we all pressed forward with. But I think with having a plan, now a lot of times we set us, you know, five year, two year goals, one year goals. But what we have to realize is it comes down to the daily activity and the daily habits
2: Mm -hmm. and
4: using the little bit of time that we have most effectively. So if, know that I have an annual goal that needs to be broken into a monthly goal, broken down into a weekly goal, and then broken into a daily goal so that I know whether I'm on track to accomplish what I need and want to accomplish. So I would say, you know, it's great to have lofty goals and long-term goals. It all comes down to what you do today, and mm-hmm. someday isn't a day of the week. Mm,
3: God, you know, I agree with that one. It has to
4: be done. <laughs> it has to be done today. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, I know there's a lot of moms that feel guilt when they're trying to build a business. They have kids they're pulled in all different directions. There's nothing wrong with blocking out a period of the time to go to a child's baseball game or a daughter's ballet recital. You just have to make sure that doesn't take your whole day to where you're not that day, because it's Mm -hmm. the consistent daily activity which is going to get you to where you want to go, to where you'll have more time with the kids, more time to give to the charitable causes or whatever it is that is a passion.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: No, I absolutely agree, and someday is not a day of the week. It's not on the calendar, and if you say someday, (laughs) you might as well say it's not going to get done. Um, I always, I used to do... um, Resolutions and what I've I've changed the last three years is I do a word of the year, and I actually just looked up and um, my word for 2017 is choice, and mm. it's what I choose to do. It's how I choose to spend my time, and you know it really does make a big difference because you know we do have a choice and not taking action is a choice. And I've learned to admit that if I'm not doing something, really look at why am I not doing it. It, it. Either it's not important or I don't see the value in it, so I've learned to stop kidding myself and say I'm going to do it someday because it's not going to get done. And it's been very freeing to say, okay, here's where I'm going to spend my time and really understand why I'm choosing to do that because it really makes a big difference on getting results and you know understanding how it all fits together. I think that's really um, important. we We need to take another really quick break. Um, and when we come back, I want to continue the conversation because I think this is really valuable.
5: This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to. Have you ever asked yourself this question, Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Visit monetizemenow.com for details.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products, That earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
3: Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today, in our success interview, we're talking with entrepreneur Diane Kephart. She's an independent associate with Legal Shield. And really, if you missed the first part of our interview, you want to go back and listen to it because, like so many of the stories that we hear each week, she really took something that happened in her life and use that to really build and launch a new business and a whole new life in so many ways. And we had a great discussion on, instead of time management, boundary management, and really what it takes to go from being an employee to an entrepreneur. So I think it was a fabulous um, conversation. So go back and check it out. And before the break... Diane, we were talking about those daily habits, and I I really want to check out that that book, The 12-Week Year, because I think it's so important for people to really be in choice and to really focus on where they're spending their time and energy and make sure it is those things that are producing income.
4: It is. And the whole premise of The 12-Week Year, which just really helped me to make a shift last year, is most of us will make annual goals. You know, it's a new year. It's January. There's something we want to accomplish by the end of the year. But it's really easy to say, oh, I missed it in January, February, March, but I still have the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And April, May, June, I'm not quite there, but I still have July, August, September, (laughs) right? But Mm we get to the last quarter of October for December, it automatically puts a sense of urgency and makes people kick it in the four barrels, right? Mm -hmm. And more gets done in the last three months of the year, usually, than the whole year. And the whole purpose of the 12-week year is every 12 weeks is a year. So instead of saying, I have this many more months to go, well, no, in 12 weeks, I'm doing a year's worth of work. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty phenomenal, but it really made me shift that kind of procrastination while I still have time, because mm-hmm. every day is the equivalent of a week in your year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was just
3: talking to someone this morning about, you know, the, the last quarter of the year is when people are looking at, you know, where are they going to be networking next year? Where are they going to be spending their time? Who are they going to be connecting with? Because they realize that that's key to helping them reach their goals and be successful. And you're right, if we did that, every quarter and really looked at it in those smaller time chunks, it really would help
4: propel us, I believe, farther, faster, and have a bigger impact. Yeah, that's correct. And there have been companies that have seen like a 400% change just by putting that through their business. So,
3: absolutely. Uh, So, um, you know, and one of the things, I want to take a little bit of a shift. One of the things I want to ask and talk about a little bit is about – um, nurturing prospects and clients to really build your business? Because all of us, and, and especially in the type of work that you do, in, in any, I think for all business owners, really, it's really about building the relationships. It's And that's why I love Women Network so much, because it is about building relationships. But what are some of the things that you do to really be effective? You've talked about you know how much you've grown your business and then how much with your with your husband you've grown exponentially, but what are some of the things that you do or would recommend people do to really build those relationships and build their business?
4: Well, there's a song from Girl Scout camp that says, "Make new friends, but keep the old one is silver, but the other gold." yeah mm. oh, I remember that I've forgotten song- about that. This- <laughs> And that goes into my mind because sometimes it seems like people are so focused on getting the new clients the new accounts they forget to nurture who's already trusted them with their business. Mm -hmm. And those are our best source of referrals or happy clients. So while we're going out and prospecting and meeting new people, we have to remember to take care of those that we already have. And so one thing I like to do is You know, just reach out and touch. It may be a birthday card on a birthday. It may be, you know, an anniversary card. It may be just a thank you for your business. Is there anything I can do to help? But if I do that, usually on a quarterly basis with my clients, they know that they're not out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And the nurturing is, you know, I'm in my fourth year of my business and year, you know, I had a lot of clients because I was running hard to keep the kids in college and everything, but the second year, I started getting referrals, and then the third year, I started getting more referrals, and now, you know, referrals just come in because people, oh, you know, someone in my family, they need a will, living will, medical power of attorney, and I know you do that free with membership. Can you help them? And so, it f- makes me feel good that they're trusting me with their reputation and their contacts. But, you know, to shift a little bit, when you go to networking events, you know there's two different type of people there. Those that are throwing business cards at people, we talk about throwing up all over people because all they're doing is talking about their business.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: there's those that you can tell really have the other person in mind. Mm-hmm. And when I, networking event, I always ask the other person about their business first. And then I'm going say, let's say I just met you there, I would say tell me who is a perfect referral for you. What would I be listening for so that I'm, you know, they should talk to her because she would be a great fit for that need. And Mm -hmm. so I want to learn how can I refer business to the other person. And a lot of times they'll say, you know, well we're almost out of time, you know, tell me about your business. I'm like, you know, we've had a great conversation. Would you mind if we set up coffee? And then and continue it and mm-hmm. at that point most of them are like you know yes because in a networking event it's not a full presentation time; mm-hmm. it's just building the beginning of that relationship and then following up on it but I think when you have the concept of how can I help the other person instead of what's in it for me you're going to have happier clients you're going to have better relationships and you're going to have a better reputation out in the community Absolutely, and I think once people really do know that you sincerely care,
3: then what they want to do is know how they can help and support you and For you know a business that 's really relies on referrals because they 're much to get a warm introduction you 've got a much better opportunity of actually converting that person to a client it is much easier than going out and knocking on doors. But people trust you. They know that you will take care of the people they introduce you to. They know that it's not going to be a hard sell or you're not going to push or try to do something that's not good for the other person. But that's why building those relationships is so important.
4: Absolutely. And if they are put off by how you treated them, they're never going to open the door to their circle of influence mm-hmm. if they realize you know yes I like what she you know talked to me about how she treated me then I'm willing to open the door to people that she could help and I think that's the biggest difference out there sometimes in the marketplace when you see people from the same company but they off op- they operate differently mm-hmm Well, and I think
3: one of the things that people often forget because they're talking to someone and thinking, well, they're not my ideal client, I'm going to move on, or they don't really pay attention. I often see when you're talking to people, they're looking around the room to see who can they go connect with and who can they go (laughs) talk to. But we all know hundreds and hundreds, if not more, people that we might be able to introduce someone to if we know who they're looking for. So I think people tend to discount making a connection and a relationship. Of the, they discount the value of it, and I think you really miss out a lot when you do that. I agree wholeheartedly, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, I've really been, been working hard to get people to shift the way they think about it. So what's the one thing that you love about what you do?
4: I love that I get to help people every day and that the member gets a better benefit out of the membership than I do, and I'm mission-driven, not commission-driven. And I'll give you one example. Um, There's a very sweet lady friend of the family. A year ago, December, she went into the hospital unexpectedly, into the emergency room, Mm -hmm. and when she was admitted, she had two rings on her hand. When they were releasing her, they brought her her personal effects, the two rings. Gone. and for eight months she had been calling the hospital trying to get someone to return her call to talk to her about her missing items and they were just mm-hmm. ignoring her and she became a member of our service called the law firm they wrote a letter on her behalf that was included in the mail. and she got tears a week later because she had just gotten a call from hospital administrator and they were overnight in a check to her for $1,225 and I like to call those letters motivational letters because they motivate people to do what they should have done in the first place. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I was able to have that kind of impact on her life, you know, it still chokes me up because that's the difference that we make is that we level the legal playing field for people. hmm well, it's one of those services that I think
3: that, and I think we, we all have different services and different things we offer, but it's making sure that you get in front of the right people, that you can really have that that impact and get them the support that they need rather than have them struggle and continue to um,
4: try to figure out how to do it on their own. Well, correct, and especially small business owners, they all have those, hmm, I wonder questions on mm-hmm. what the rights are. But for $300 an hour, we're not going to pick up the phone and find out. And I believe that small business is, you know, it's a backbone of our country. And we need to protect small business owners. And it breaks my heart every time I see a small business go out of business because I know that was someone's dream. And so if we can help them to have more money to invest in their business, to hire more employees, it's only better for our entire country.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and what you have to offer?
4: The easiest way is if they go to my website. It is www.dihelpspeople.com. So it's die, di, helps, H-E-L-P-S, people, P-E-O-P-L-E dot ecom and there's information there. There's also a contact me button. And I look forward to talking with anyone who would have any questions. Perfect. Thank you very much. And we'll put a link to that
3: on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page. And as we finish our time together, can you give our listeners just one tip or one piece of advice that they can use to help build or grow their business?
4: Absolutely, and it's something that I've learned from Sandra Yancey, and I'm still working to apply it. But we talked about earlier commit to do only the thing only you can do. Because sometimes, as entrepreneurs, we like to control everything, we like to do everything, or it's easy just to do it ourselves. But mm-hmm. so especially scaling. you're going to hit a plateau where you can't do anymore because you've run out of time. You've run out of hours. So Mm -hmm. when we commit to only do the things that only we can do, and especially that revenue-producing activity, the sky's the limit.
3: Very, very nice. Very nice.
4: Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great conversation.
3: Well, thank you so
4: much. I've really enjoyed it, and I look forward to talking with you more soon. Thank you. We need to
3: take another quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is
5: Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Now. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder
0: If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge
2: can take you.
0: You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, I wanted to give you some quick ways you can create free gifts and opt-in products.
1: You know, free gifts and opt-ins are one of those items that I don't think people leverage enough. When you're talking from the front of the room, when you're talking in front of a small group, we should have a really clear what's next. What do we want them to do? And Michael, I think this is a great way for people to get their listeners or get their audience to opt-in so they can collect their email address and really start to nurture them. So what's the easiest way for someone to start creating free gifts and opt-ins?
2: Well really you know they're they're, first off they're free so you don't want to spend a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, a lot of expense creating something that you're just going to be giving away. Um, You are going to get their email address in exchange for the free product but still you don't want to spend a lot of money on it so one of the easiest ways to to create one is to just leverage something you already have so if you have a a course and it has worksheets in it could you package up one of those worksheets as a free giveaway Um, if you have a book could you summarize the main chapters or the main thoughts in the book into a short ebook um, those are the kind of things you can do almost instantly and have a free product with very, very little effort.
1: You know, I think back to when we did our first um, free ebook. I think it was about 27 pages and it had so much content. We actually, if you remember, we actually turned that into a multi part course. It had so much content in it. And I love the idea of a worksheet because one of the things that I found is if you give someone something actionable to do where they can see a result, they can get information immediately, it really helps them see the value of what you have to offer.
2: Absolutely. And that's pretty typical of what I see with a lot of clients is they want to put everything they know into everything they do. So uh, they go to do a simple ebook and it ends up being, as you said, 25, 27, 30, 40 pages and it truly is everything they know. And uh, when you're giving away something free, you don't want to give away everything you know. You want to give people just enough that they get a sense for what you do, how you do it, and uh, leave them wanting more. So if you can take your overall process and maybe slim it down to uh, the main steps or even take one of those steps and create something around that, but do it very quickly with very little effort, pulling from everything that you already have, your courses, your coaching, uh, your speaking, whatever it is you have, uh, just pulling that out and and creating something that's simple that doesn't overwhelm the reader Um, you know today people when they they download free uh, gifts they, they don't expect a lot they expect something of value for sure but they don't expect to get your entire process or your entire consulting expertise or anything like that if you can give them just a few things to get them moving and that's really the key just to get them moving Um, not necessarily to get them all the way through whatever it is you teach be it selling or marketing or product development or whatever that might be but at least get them moving so sort of think in terms of what's the first thing they could do to get moving Um, that does a couple of things one it gets them into action very quickly um, so they see progress it, it, second, it leaves them wanting more. So they've got the first step down and the natural next question is, okay, and what's next? And that leaves you the opportunity to then come in behind it with whatever services or products that you have to sell uh, and and really take advantage of that um, that opening that you now have that someone's First off, they've raised their hand and said, I'm interested. They downloaded what was free. And now they're potentially calling you back or emailing you back and saying, hey, I did this first step. It was great. It really moved me along. Now what do I do next? And the what do they do next? That's um, something that you can actually sell. So, so really the idea is to do something as quickly as you possibly can with as little effort as you can, but with some value associated with it. Um, The second thing is it's always really good if, in fact, I would say it's almost essential that whatever you're giving them supports what you just spoke about. If you're giving it away at the end of a talk, you want to make sure that it supports your talk. Um, You may do a lot of things in your business um, and all related to one general topic, but Uh, Your talk typically is a short snippet of what you know. It's a very abbreviated version of what you know. And if you can then follow that with a free giveaway that supports, reinforces, and extends what you just talked about, that's really the best that you can do. That really is the best way to engage people and to really get them interested in downloading it, interested in engaging with you. And... And really move them forward.
1: You mentioned some things that I think are really important. Um, One is to keep it simple and have it be something that's a standalone. Because while you want it to be something that follows on to other things that you can do, you also want it to be something they're going to get value from by itself. But you do want to leave them wanting more. I think today people get so much information. And if... Just like I do, if I get an ebook, what I do is first thing I do is download it and I quickly scan it to see how much content is in there and that determines whether I do it now or whether I put it aside. And when I put it aside, very often I don't get back there for a long time because... I just, I have to remember to do it and I have to build in the time to do it. So you want something that they're going to say, I can take the five minutes now, get it done. It's also a great way if you do a worksheet to be able to have them send it to you to get a follow-up call or consultation with you, because then you know that they're really engaged and really interested in learning more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a couple of other things that work really well are um, if you have a... Uh, an assessment or a questionnaire um, that someone can use to assess where they are in their business or what they what direction they might want to go next um, that's a great first step for them uh, I've seen that very effectively used uh, with speakers where they the, what they give away is um, an, an assessment of what they've been talking about you know you like what they're talking about you like the concept and sort of the the question you have in your head is, I wonder where I fit, you know, in that. Uh, if you can then provide them with an assessment, it's almost guaranteed they're going to go in and download it and find out where they are. Um, the other thing that's been very very effective I've seen, uh, if you use PowerPoint, not everybody does, but if you do, um, I've seen get, uh, speakers get up and say, um, "There's, you know, don't worry about taking snapshots of the screen or taking notes or whatever." I'll give you my PowerPoint presentation. Uh, after the after I talk, I'll let you know where you can go and download it. And even that is a giveaway that's for free because they're going to now, if they're interested in what you said or if you have some a really good talk, which I'm assuming you do, you have a really good talk, um, they're going to pick up on some key points or maybe some key quotes that you use or some key stats that you presented or something that really strikes them. And they're going to want to see that um, that quote and who said it, or that stat and where it came from, or something like that. And they're going to go in then and download that presentation just to get that one slide.
1: Yeah, they are, and because I'm always watching people at talks and presentations, and they're always snapping camera you know from their phone pictures of quotes and stats because they want to be able to have that for reference so that's a great reminder
2: yeah and that's a great idea and it does a couple things one it gives them what they need and the second thing is you know I don't know about you but when I'm up in front of a group speaking I'd much rather have them focused on what I'm saying and not snapping pictures or trying to read the slide or you know really not paying attention to what I'm saying or what I'm doing. Um, I really want the attention on me. That's the point of being the speaker. So um, if you can sort of put them at ease and say, hey, you know what, you can get all this stuff. I'll send it to you. It's free. It's not a problem. Um, And that then lets them relax a little bit and listen to you and really engage with you and focus on you. So that's a benefit of that.
1: Well, and I know it is conversation for another um, show, but I know one of the things that you always say is if you're using PowerPoint or using a presentation, don't make it too dense. Keep a few words on each page, but make them very thought-provoking and very eye-catching. Otherwise, people are so busy reading that they're not listening and they're really missing what you're saying.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, I've been to presentations, I'm sure we've all been to presentations where the speaker basically reads the slides or, or they have nothing but slide after slide of bullet points and it's just so boring. Um, so, you know, I clearly don't do that. But if I find it useful to have PowerPoint, um, a, a lot of speakers don't. A lot of speakers just like to go up and speak and they, they don't really do that. But I like it, uh, it tends to keep me focused and it tends to uh, be a way that I can actually have something of visual interest, have something that's really really profound or key or important uh, up while I then expand on it, talk about it, uh, give some examples, tell stories, sort of give all of this the context around whatever that slide says. So I think that's that's really key. So just sort of summarizing, I think that to get free giveaways, you want to again try to leverage something you already have. Um, it could be the PowerPoint from a presentation you do. It could be a worksheet that you already have that you use in your business. Yeah, It could be um, a summary of a book that you have. It could just be the intro, the introductory chapter of a book that you already have. Uh, it could be something that, that you use on a regular basis that is just short, quick, easy to use, easy to uh, for the the listener or for the the audience member to complete or find an actual use for, and really moves them along just the first step in the process.
1: So I'd say, kind of wrapping it up, there's no reason why if you don't already have an opt-in offer that you should be able to easily create one or get some help creating one. So I challenge all of our listeners to go to Facebook and go to Turn Knowledge to Profit. And under today's episode, share a link to your opt-in so we can see what you're doing and let's get more exposure for you and your business. Thank you for sharing, Michael.
2: Oh, you're welcome, it was great. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I wanna thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.